How's it going? How's it going? And welcome to From the Sidelines. My name's Josh Duvall, and I'm here with Chad Davis and Devin Davis. And we've got a super awesome interview today with a host of NFL Network and the host of NFL Red Zone, Scott Hansen. So be sure to follow him on Instagram at scotthansen1 and on Twitter at scotthansen. While you're on this following spree, go ahead and follow us on Instagram at FTSPod and on Twitter at TheFTSPod. Let's get it rolling. All right, we are now super excited to welcome on a host of NFL Network and the host of NFL Red Zone, Scott Hansen. Scott, how you doing, man? Doing well, fellas. Making the most of everything. It's, uh, you know, not easy days in the country right now, but uh, trying to make the most of it and, uh, you know, fixing my gaze on, on uh, the, the hope for a, for a full football season. Absolutely, man. So tell me about your quarantine. How, how you been getting through that? What you been doing? Well, Okay, I, you know you know it's funny if if you guys don't mind. So I, I've got my tablet that I'm broadcasting this on right now. Yeah. I will pick it up and show you what my house looks like right now. <laughs> this has been my quarantine project. So uh, I'm an old man. I've been around for a while, and I have never organized all of my old family photos and keepsakes and newspaper clippings and everything else like that. So I am currently doing that. I've been doing it for about a week or two. I don't know if you can see, like, my floor down here. <laughs> yeah. It is just – I don't know if it's if it's if if you can tell or whatnot. Uh-huh. But, yeah, and so, I, so I, you know, I played football at Syracuse, so there's one of my old Syracuse team photos. That's awesome. Um, but on top of that, I am doing all of my old videotapes. Can you see? Oh my how, gosh! Oh my! Now these are old sports casts from my early days. I mean, there is here. Let me just. I don't know if this will show up or not. Tell me if you can see this. Yeah. Like. Oh yeah. Is, yeah. We got it. This is a wall of VHS videotapes and and other formats of videotape that I that I had. So I am trying to digitize all of those. So if any of you got a good VCR to digital converter, I will pay you handsomely to help me out with this. Uh, with this. So that, that's my main project. So thanks for uh, humoring me on that. Hey, give me give me a wild estimate uh, estimation. How many hours of footage do you think's on all of those combined? Oh, okay, good question. Now, y'all are in your twenties. What? How old are we here? Yeah, I'm twenty. Yeah. Okay. 20. Did you ever have a VCR? I did. Yes. Still do. I Still do. Okay. Still do. You never had a VCR. A VCR, for those uninitiated, a videotape used to be able to go two hours, the same videotape, right? You know, you've mm-hmm. all seen a, you know, an old VHS videotape. It could, you could record on certain machines, you could record two hours, four hours, or six hours. And the quality would get worse the longer you told <laughs> it to record, right? So, yeah. so I used to record every game every football game every like i would just record because this is before dvr and i wanted to keep it and watch it once the super bowl was over i wanted to be able to watch nfl football in middle of may you know yeah so i would i would record everything so right there and those are by the way the row i showed you are only the ones i'm keeping i emptied all the boxes and i've got a huge box of ones that i'm not even going to keep the keeper row there's got to be over probably a couple hundred hours of, I, I'm guessing, of, of footage, which I won't keep all of that. What I'm really interested to see is my old, we call them resume tapes. Uh-huh. So when I was trying to get a job when I was 21 years old, 
you know, you send out a resume to try and get a job. Well, for broadcasters, of course, we send out a tape. Hey, here's here's me, you know, sportscasting. Yeah. And, oh, boy, I, it's going to be like seeing an old, you know, grade school photo with a terrible haircut, right? <laughs> like, I can't, wait to, I can't wait to get those digitized and watch them. So check out my social media. I'm sure I'll post some clips of them. Absolutely. Yeah, so while we got you uh, reminiscing about the old days, uh, how'd you go from the star-studded Syracuse football player to host of the NFL Red Zone channel? Well, I appreciate the star-studded, but no, you're talking. <laughs> you're, you're, you're not exactly talking to the most decorated Syracuse football player of all time. <laughs> I am. I am somewhat below Jim Brown and Donovan McNabb and Marvin Harrison and Larry Zonka and all of the all-time greats that that uh, that went through Syracuse. I, I was. I was a walk-on at Syracuse. So I was, y'all seen the movie Rudy? Yeah. 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 I was Rudy without the glorified quarterback sack on my last game. You know, (laughs) I was the, I was a a human blocking dummy at Syracuse, but I loved it. I I loved every moment of my four years on the SU football team. Um, And I went to Syracuse, by the way, not to play football. My talent level was more like division three college football. But I knew that Syracuse had what was then, and for my money still is now, the best sports broadcasting program in the country. And I knew I wanted to be a sportscaster from the time that I knew I was not going to be an NFL football player, which was mid-high school. I knew, "Eh, I'm not going to the NFL. So I I geared my, 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 my education and my career towards trying to become a national television sportscaster. So I went to Syracuse, walked on the football team, made it and played for four years, uh, and then graduated and then started in small TV jobs and small markets and worked my way up, worked my way up, worked my way up. And then one day I got a call from NFL Network and and uh, I've worked for the mothership ever since. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So as you're doing the show, what's it like? keeping up with all the games at once. You got them all on little mini screens there and just keeping up with the whole thing. Yeah, it's, it's fun. Um, I have, I have just enough, what is it? ADD to, to, to be able to bounce my eyes all over the place <laughs> and, and, and keep everything kind of filed and, and be like, Oh, Hey, look what's happening there. Wait, what's that? Da-da-da-da. I stand just a few feet away from a wall of monitors uh, every Sunday for the seven hours of the show, and there'll be nine games going on, and I'm I'm watching all nine at the same time. And and well, here I already I already showed you a little tour since you're in my house anyway. <laughs> I, I I am so much of a junkie when it comes to consuming media. This is my living room. I have five big screens. You, it looks probably pretty small to you, but that's a 70 inch big screen in the middle. <laughs> with 50-inch TVs flanking around the outside. And, of course, with the, the current events that are going on across the world, i got news programs on right now. But March Madness, i got basketball on oh, every one gosh. of those. Uh, college football Saturday, i got, I got the best five best games going simultaneously all throughout the day. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, whatever, a random NBA night or NHL night or a major league baseball or whatever, or I can put a mix in. I can have one news program, two or three games on, I can play video games on the other one if I want to, you know, pick up the sticks. So it's, that's, that's my life. I guess I'm just scatterbrained enough to, to be able to, to pay attention and disseminate that information on Sundays to everybody. 
Absolutely. All right, so I got I got a good question for you that I ask everybody who comes on here. I'm yeah. gonna put it into perspective for you. So say you're out and about, you know, you're getting a little rumble in your tummy, so you're a little hungry, but you couldn't eat a full meal. So you stop at a gas station, and we know you don't have to use the bathroom because you're good at holding <laughs> your bladder. Hey, true. But uh, but you need a gas station snack. What's your go-to gas station snack? Mm. Okay, and I assume I'm you, you you young bucks there don't know anything about diets, but I wear custom <laughs> suits, so I have to go on diets every once in a while to stay you know pretty fit and trim, looking good on the camera. Uh, yeah. If I'm off my diet and I can get anything, boom, 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 boom. man, if I can get anything, okay, depending on the gas station, I could mess up some Star Crunch bars. Do you know what a Star Crunch is? I'm going to be honest. I have no clue. Okay, <laughs> it is a some – of your, some of your people are watching right now are going, Star Crunch, yeah. It is a, a hockey puck-sized uh, chocolate – bar basically but it's not like a candy bar it's close to a candy bar it's like a dense chocolate cookie but it has like rice crispy treats on the outside and then there's caramel mixed in through the middle of it Ooh. it's made by like hostess or little little debbie or one of those and they, they sell them at gas stations and if i mean if i just want to just get down and dirty with that i'll do that and then a salty snack like some okay some baked lays barbecue baked lays yes. or some doritos or um what other ones would I probably if like if I didn't even care at all about the calories Pringles something like that like a salty snack and a chocolatey chocolatey sugary caramel snack and then like a big old Gatorade or a or a you know Diet Coke or something Diet Coke of course to, to <laughs> wash it all down yeah awesome what's the craziest answer you ever got to that question well a lot of there have been a couple of people that have said they'll like. Go to like a gas station cafeteria and get some like hot dogs or something. Can't mess with that. I've that's never food. Been that that's food in poisoning. My life. That is food poisoning. That's probably the worst one we've got. And we we let them know like if you do that, that's food poisoning waiting to happen. So hey, if you got an iron stomach, man, you can you can, you can mess with that. But no, no nachos, <laughs> no no rotisserie hot dog from the you know from the no no not for me. No thank you. I'll do the I'll do the bag stuff in the in the you know the non frozen aisle. <laughs> All right, so what's the uh, most challenging or difficult aspect of hosting Red Zone for seven, eight hours every Sunday? Is it the uh, lack of bathroom, lack of water, food? You know, the, the lack of bathroom, I'm used to it, fellas. You know, I mean, I guess everybody knows by now I don't go to the bathroom. I've taken one bathroom break in the last seven-plus years. And uh, I and I was injured, by the way, when that happened. I was playing hurt that day. That's the only reason I broke the streak. But um, – <laughs> Uh, probably is is keeping track of everything, and when we're in what, what I've nicknamed the witching hour, the fourth oh, yeah. quarter of the early window of games, we know and everything's we know coming well. down to the wire, and you got nine games going across the National Football League, six of them one possession games, four of those the trailing team has the football needing a touchdown and a two minute drill. It is keeping an eye on all of that, and then making the right choices to pick which game we're going to go to or which two games we're going to put in the double box, or which three games we're going to put in the triple box because they're all value-based decisions and the values are changing constantly, right? Yeah. If, like, oh, well, New England with Tom Brady and a two-minute drill is absolutely the right place to be until and unless it's third and ten 
and he goes incomplete, and then it looks like they're going to bring out the field goal unit, or they're going to punt, or whatever. Well, we'll get off that game. We can show the field goal or the punt afterwards. Let's yeah. get to Dallas. Oh, okay, now Dallas went to, they took a quick timeout. They're going to a commercial break. Let's go. Let's get off there. Let's go to Seattle. And, and so the, the, the choices that you're making and the values by which you're, you're making your decisions are constantly changing, constantly, constantly changing. And you've got to keep moving. I've often said it's like this. It's like uh, Indiana Jones when he's running across the suspension bridge that the bad guys have cut on the other yep. side, and it's collapsing behind him. You better not stop. You better not slow down because if you do, you're done. You're cooked. You got to yeah. keep moving forward and making those decisions on the fly. And so, so that, that that's a difficult thing for my producers who are awesome and myself to, to be able to, to roll through that. That's, that's tough. Yeah. So how would you, uh, how would you compare hosting NFL red zone to playing football at Syracuse? I don't know if I would compare the two, um, other than teamwork uh, absolutely comes into play. None of us are going to do anything. I mean, I'm the I'm the quarterback, if you will, because I'm the guy who, you know, everybody looks to in, in those moments because I'm the one you see on the screen. I'm the one that you hear, you know, in your speakers. But but it's it's uh, teamwork. Um, I would say this: Syracuse football prepared me to be hopefully a good host of NFL Red Zone and a good sportscaster because. The determination, the hustle, the tenacity, the problem-solving, the uh, 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 just stick-to-itiveness when you get knocked down and your face is in the dirt, literally on a football field, figuratively when some technical malfunction happens in a TV studio. When those things happen, what do you fall back on? Do you panic? Do you collapse into a fetal position and just, uh, you know, <laughs> do you do you lose your cool and start yelling at everyone else and point the finger at everyone else? Or do you get the way you demand your favorite football players respond in that circumstance? When it's all hitting the fan, you demand that your favorite football players are at their best. They are at their coolest. They are laser locked and focused. It doesn't diminish that there are problems and that there's urgency, but it, it just is how you handle it. And Syracuse football, yeah. the four years that I played there, trained me with characteristics and skills that, that I know for a fact I still apply today in, in my professional life. Absolutely. I assume you play fantasy, right? My favorite football team, guys. Do you know who my favorite football team is? Uh, you, you don't have one because you're neutral. That's a good politically correct answer. And <laughs> that's that's, that's, that's what you true. should say. But I do have a favorite football team. My favorite NFL team is the Iron Bladders. Iron Bladders. Yep, that's what I was thinking. Okay, Iron my Bladders. My fantasy football team. Uh, I do not have a favorite NFL team. That is that is true. I grew up in the Detroit area, so the Lions were my team growing up. But I haven't lived there in forever. And when you work for the NFL, all 32 teams, you know, you have to treat them equally on the, on the air. Uh, you know, if the Lions ever break through and win the Super Bowl, I will be happy. My high school buddies will rejoice. They will be partying in the streets. I will be thrilled for everybody back home in, in Michigan. But – I don't have a favorite NFL team right now, so I play fantasy, and the Iron Bladders, I get serious about it. That's my <laughs> team, and, and I take it serious because I play. My main league is nothing but NFL professionals, all people that you see on TV and that, that work, for foot, work in football for a living. So it is a competitive fantasy football league. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So 
Who are you taking with the number one pick this upcoming year? Well, I had the third overall pick last year, and a certain CMC Christian McCaffrey fell to That's me. That's who I got. Yes, pick. yes. And uh, you know, if I got the number one pick this year, you'd have to at a PPR league, you'd have to look at McCaffrey. I mean, he's he's still got young legs. Uh, you know, he's not a big guy, but but man, he he runs tough. He catches a million passes. He's a yardage monster. He's still their goal line guy. Like, it, there's nothing not to like, right? There's nothing not to like. Absolutely. You might be a little skittish over a new coach in Carolina and what does the offensive system look like, but the new coach ain't going to be a dummy. He's going to say, that's the best guy <laughs> on the field right there. Get him the ball. Get him the ball. Get him the ball. And, uh, yeah, and I, I would say Saquon Barkley will have a big uh, bounce back year too. Not that Barkley was horrible, but he had the injuries – and, yeah. and the production was down. The Giants stunk. So I think Saquon's going to have a big year, especially in PPR leagues, because Saquon is such a great option on a on a third and eight pass play, where the wide receivers are running routes at nine or ten yards to get the first down. If they're covered, and Danny Dimes panics or just runs out of time, he's just going to dump it right off to, to Barkley, standing there three yards away from him, and let Saquon scoot. Well, that's a point, even if he doesn't gain a yard. So, so I like Saquon. I like I like CMC. I like Saquon. Obviously, Zeke is is still going to be formidable in fantasy. Uh, and then in PPR leagues, you got to start looking at those upper echelon wide receivers. Michael Thomas, you know, broke yeah. the record last year. Yeah. And and how can't he go in the top five this year? The top six this year. So uh, yeah, it'll be a fun fantasy football draft when it comes around. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, so you mentioned it. You mentioned it earlier, but you mentioned the witching hour. Yeah. So I gotta ask, which is your when you're on the when you're broadcasting and you're on the air, which is your favorite to say, the witching hour or seven hours of commercial free football? Ooh, <laughs> I think the I think the opening phrase. Yeah, when mm-hmm. when it is the when I always say it in the first two minutes of the show. Usually after I've appeared on camera. And we've set up, here's the menu of games, nine games in the early window, blah, 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 blah. We'll be taking you all around and everything else like that. We're set for the first kickoff. It's in Lambeau Field. The Packers booted away to the Bears. And seven hours of commercial-free football start now. And I usually do that hand gesture, by the way, just so you know. You don't see me on camera, but I'm usually doing that with it because it gives a little extra something from the diaphragm. Gives a little more oomph, yeah. I, I always picture, and maybe this is, this is self-serving, but I always picture the audience having a Pavlovian response <laughs> that that this is their this is what they look forward to all week, right? This is the moment yep, in sports yeah, television is. from September through December that they look forward to, and they're sitting there on their favorite chair watching their fa- their own big screen with their favorite beverage and their favorite snack right here, and they know. They know. They don't know where it's going to happen. They don't know when it's going to happen. But they know jaw-dropping moments are about to happen in front of their eyes. And it's guaranteed every week. So, so I would say between the two of them, seven hours commercial-free football start now is, is, is the one. And I just came up with that because I said early on in our first season back in 2009, I'm like, this is going to change the way that people watch football. And so I want some association with it where it's like, People know this is distinguished from any other football game or any other sports show or any other highlight show kicking off. And I said, well, let's just describe the darn thing. Seven hours long, Uh commercial-free football. (laughs) 
what's not to love? Uh, and, exactly. And, 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 you know, people, people, they come up to me all the time. Quick story, if I got a minute. Um, I'm in the grocery store, not in the grocery store. I, I pull up my car to the grocery store. It's like a year ago. Uh, I live in Los Angeles, and so I'm in the uh, going to the grocery store, park my car, I get out, and I pop my trunk because, you know, use the disposable or the recyclable bags, right? So I'm getting the bags out of the trunk, and I'm going to walk in. I'm in the parking lot. From two or three spots over in the parking lot, I hear a guy go, and it looks like it sounds like it's coming in my direction. He goes, give it to me. <laughs> give it to me. And I'm like, I'm looking, I look over in the direction of the voice, and I make eye contact with this guy, and I could tell, and he's like smiling like this, and I could tell, okay, he recognized me, and then he says, "Give it to me." And I'm like, and I just look back at him, and I go, seven hours of commercial-free football <laughs> start now." And the guy just went like this. Like he's, in the, he's in the grocery store parking lot, and it just like it seemed like it made his day. So it has really resonated with, with the audience that that signature call. Well, thank goodness you realized that he recognized you, because if not, that would have been weird. Right, right. Like, literally, I'm thinking, I'm thinking what are we talking? I was broad daylight. I was like, yeah, where's my pepper spray, you know? Like, uh, yeah. So, yeah, no, it was it was all good. He was a fan. All right, man, I got uh, one more for you, and I think we'll let you go. Um, what's the biggest piece of advice you've got for anybody who's playing football, wanting to get into broadcasting, whatever they're doing? What's your best piece of advice for them to complete, you know, their dreams and yeah. whatever they're doing? I would say this. Sports television is a massively competitive industry. I remember rep- uh, applying to one job one time where they told me they looked at 500 candidates for the one job. Mm-hmm. And that was the ones that they had already whittled down. There was other people that applied that they wouldn't even think about. And, and almost everyone that goes into sports TV at the beginning, they want to be on television. They want to be the anchor, the host, the play-by-play guy, whatever it is. Yeah. And it's very, very competitive. So therefore there are going to be a lot of sacrifices that need to be made. I worked nights, worked weekends, worked holidays, still do often all of those things. In my early TV job, uh, I started in small markets where I moved away from family and friends. I would work for whatever they would pay me. My annual salary, my one-year salary in my first TV job was $15,000. That's one five, not fifty, fifteen thousand dollars Wow. $15,000. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And, and I would have done it for 14000 because I was hungry and I wanted to build up that experience to hopefully accelerate my career. So my, my first bit of advice to prospective broadcasters out there is you got to decide how bad you want it. And at some point, it's not for everybody. At some point you might say, you know what? I don't want to move away from my, my friends. I don't want to move away from my family. I don't want to, I can get a degree being this or that and make this much more money as, as a starting salary. And that's fine. But if you decide you want to, you want to be in this business be prepared to make sacrifices because if you don't, the next guy or the next gal will make that sacrifice and they're the, going to be the one who gets that job, who steps up the ladder, who progresses. Yeah. So uh, I would wish you guys and, and everyone else out there who's, uh, who's listening all the best in your, in your climb up the top and, and trying to get to some place where you can make a wonderful career like I have been blessed to do. And I would just ask you this, when you guys all make it big, just remember 
to always give back. And when you get yeah. hit up to be on somebody's podcast, hopefully there's never another quarantine worldwide. But if there is, stop and, and give them a few minutes of your day. Pay it Most forward. definitely. Most definitely. Scott, we appreciate it, man. We appreciate the advice. And you coming on, we had a blast with you. We, we really do appreciate it. So yeah, thank you. Thank you for coming on, man. And Thanks, best guys. of luck. Stay safe. I'm going to get a star crunch across the street at the gas station. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Take care, guys. Stay safe. See you, man. Thank you, man. All right. All right, and a very special thank you to Scott Hansen for coming on the podcast. We had a terrific time on the interview, and we hope you guys enjoyed the listen as well. Be sure to give the host of the NFL Red Zone channel a follow on his Instagram, at scotthansen1, and on Twitter, at scotthansen. And while you're at it, go ahead and follow us on Instagram, at ftspod, and on Twitter, at theftspod. If you would like to pass along a message to Scott, or if you have any questions for us, feel free to send us an email to theftspod at gmail.com. Bye, Bye have, have a great, great time. time.